PD Raw is a podcast sharing the experiences and insights of people with personality disorders or traits by being brave and talking about the things that are shameful and painful. Humans demystify and destigmatize the things that we hide. The aim of this podcast is to let others know that they are not alone. By showing the reality behind our walls, we hope to bring people closer together, connecting in a more open and authentic way. Please be aware that, due to its topic, this podcast is adults only, not safe for work, and may contain triggering content. Yeah, I think this is why um, a lot of women fucking have affairs, too. Oh. Because they're not getting their emotional needs met because of this whole family unit going on. Oh. And so then that man swoops in saying, oh, I'm this sensitive listening to your bullshit, you know? <laughs> and that this is, this is what caught me off guard because I didn't do it on purpose, but this is the borderline who is so emotionally invested in you. And that is so difficult to um, not nosedive into and be like, oh yeah, this fucking guy is his emotions all over the fucking place. And not only does he need you, you know, he wants to be your everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, when we pull, man, we just get an arm around him and <laughs> straight the fuck down to the bottom of the ocean with us. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, how it goes. Yeah, and we're so insecure, we will turn into like a pretzel just to try and meet those every needs too. Mm. Yes, yes. But mm. yeah, you really, I think you're really hitting onto something because again, like with the primary partner or family, again, it's just kind of like, well, you're the mother now. So like, you know, you got to handle the kid, handle yourself, handle the house, like your emotional needs. What do you mean you have emotional needs? You get to play with the baby all day. <laughs> and, and you know. You get to, yeah, you get to wash clothes and uh, <laughs> cook food and go shopping and wash clothes and cook food and go shopping and wash clothes. Oh, wait, who am I again? Oh, yes. don't, don't forget, and you have to have sex with me. And, and you know, and then that's yeah. hard too because you don't have the emotional intimacy. So basically you're just masturbating on each other or he's just, you know, <laughs> masturbating on you basically, you know. So I had a massive disconnect there too, you know. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's, there's another thread in that too, which is, um, I think when the baby comes along, I think there's jealousy because suddenly you've yes. got that intimate relationship and it's now three ways. Yes. And yeah. And for like when you were talking about your husband being downstairs and playing the video games, what I'm hearing is possibly angry and um yeah, turning away and getting focused on that as a way of dealing with it because it's I think it's a big shock and I found with my partner, I I just, yeah, again, I had the fantasy that it'd be the two of us together playing and, you know, as one or like side by side with this baby doing it together and instead I think he just felt really left out and there's that assumption that um, they're not 
part of that emotional circle anymore because you are focusing on the child and that's a really really difficult thing to deal with well i'll say just one thing and then i'll let sarah jump in here but i can imagine from a male perspective sometimes like you are both talking about being the mothers and struggling to kind of get the skills get it down be adequate be competent and then when you're the male and you potentially maybe know even less and so like you see this going on and like you guys are learning the ropes like sink or swim just like throwing you into the pool and trying to keep your head above water and they're just like watching you you're still more competent like you're learning faster than them and they're just like ah what do i do here like how do i get in like you have this special thing and it's just kind of there's an insecurity that you can't measure up or you can't break into that space you are being left. Now I'm saying this, you know, some people will be insecure. Some people will be envious and jealous. Some people will be avoidant because it's just emotionally charged, but I can see how for, for a different array of reasons, sometimes it could be different for a partner, just whoever the partner is, who isn't the one who bore the child to maybe feel like they can experience the same things that you two are. Would, would you like, um, then would you say that maybe, a father you know the guy would have that again the same sort of thing some sort of fantasy of what it would be like and then when the reality comes same as um you know the mum going into postnatal depression would they do you think they'd have that fantasy too where it's sort of dashed and they they're just like what the hell and struggling now as, as an idea, I think like absolutely that there's some of that going on in practice. I can't say really well because uh, I'm a fucking weird dude, girl thing, potato. And like I haven't <laughs> talked with a lot of other dudes about this kind of deeply. So it makes sense to me that that would occur. But uh, I don't have anything really strongly shooting from the hip. Maybe Sarah does. Well, my husband was narcissistic, so he didn't give a shit. He wanted just... Oh, well, that's uh, simple. Yeah. He wanted, <laughs> he wanted um, the traditional, or at least this is what he portrayed. He wanted the traditional, you know, housewife. He took care of the property. He went to work. And then I did everything else. So, <clears throat> um, no, he did not... Um, he, you know, the baby cries at night. It's me. I get up. I get the baby. Um, if even even if my kids were screaming in the middle of the night, having nightmares, who gets up? Me. You know, mm. it was always I take care of everything. He sleeps. He goes to work. He knows his role. So our, you know, relationship was more like a business than a family mm -hmm. unit. You know? Actually, something that I'm thinking of here that I'm hearing is so kind of like you were saying, Noda, it does sound like he did have a fantasy and this fantasy of how it was going to go and what his role was going to be and what he was going to do. And maybe you had your own fantasy, sir, or at least your own ideas. And clearly somebody fucking won. And I don't think <laughs> it won. And so why would he be depressed? Like, you know, this is going fucking great. Like, this is the script. Like, you know, you're it's all according to plan. But then, you know, his plan comes at your expense. And I think that, you know, imagine if the scenario had been different and you had more agency or maybe power to shape this relationship and you could force some more onus onto him and you did break some of that idealization. He had to confront the reality of parenthood in a way that he wasn't prepared for. And yeah, I think it would be very likely that he would react emotionally poorly in some way 
to that situation a reality as well. And well, it's, that's, it's really amazing to me because, yeah, when we moved um, to this state, we actually moved onto the property of my parents-in-law. So it, it's so weird hearing you went through this too. And yeah. for me, yeah, I got some mothering and parenting from them, but you're on their property within their family, that larger unit, and it's being run by their rules. You're, you've actually joined their family. So yes. you're not the one dictating or controlling or setting how it's going. You're fitting in with them. Yes. I, mm. I, <clears throat> I mean, I, um, my, my, because my husband, you know, he was very masculine and he, you know, but I also was in a leadership role within the family with, you know, like scheduling, like I said, the money, <clears throat> um, he was a gun collector and if he wanted to buy um, a new gun, I would guilt the shit out of him and be passive aggressive, you know, about taking food out of the kids' mouths. And you fucking go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, now on the flip side, because I didn't um, understand men's issues, um, I actually went and for months, I went and I researched a lot of men's issues and a lot of oh, men. for you. Yeah. I wanted to really, um, because I was a man hater for a while. And I was like, okay. I'm a potato. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to research a lot of um, struggles that men go through so I could yeah. understand um, what's happening, you know, on their side, instead of just seeing my husband as this robotic thing that he's just a paycheck. Um, I did want to see, it didn't bring me closer together emotionally because I was empty, you know, and just fucking dark on the inside still. And I didn't know what that was, but <clears throat> at least I was able to understand their contribution you know, and it made me appreciate men a lot more, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I didn't look at it as in, you know, okay. Um, I didn't look at it as in, I'm, I'm a victim. I'm a victim of, you know, that it's like, I want, like I said, I had my children as, uh, uh, selfish reasons. My husband says that, you know, we brought, I already had a kid. He adopted my son when he was 12. And when we were going to get married, he said, you know, I want, I want two children of my own. And I said, I'll, I compromise. And I said, you can have one more because I don't want to fucking get pregnant twice more. And then, mm. um, so, you know, I did have uh, a baby. It was a girl. Now him being the masculine fucking, you know, I want a boy, I want a boy. My, you know, he kept on trying to get me, you know, can we have another kid? Can we have another kid? And I wanted to quit my job. And so I said, okay, if I get to quit my job, I'll have another kid. But if it's a girl, I'm not having anymore. And he was like, okay, okay. You know? I'm just, in my mind, it's just screaming. It's just like, you should have had the right one the first time, Cluster B. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they tell me that y'all gals don't get to decide on this shit. <laughs> 
Oh, he lo- he loves that he had a daughter um because okay, that's good. that's I mean that's baby girl, baby girl, baby girl. They they get pedicures together. They go to the mall together. So All right, I like as that. as in nice. as in but I mean like as in my son was, you know, my pseudo partner, that's what happened with him and her, you know. Oh. And, not not in any disgusting way, but it was like if he wanted to do something, she always wanted to do something, you know, because I didn't want to. So yeah. I didn't feel I was grateful that she wanted to go out and do all this shit. You know, I was always like, ask her, ask her, ask her to go because I didn't want to have that role. I was an isolator. I wanted to isolate myself. I didn't want to isolate him. I wanted him to go visit his friends and family and everything. He started Actually, to isolate himself eventually ask, I because a, he wanted to be with me. Yeah, I want to ask you a quick question about that. Have you always naturally been like a kind of isolative, uh, yeah. alone person? Or I was going to ask if maybe some of this came about of like talking about having the first kid, being by yourself, or maybe some of the other things you've been through if you're kind of forced into that out of necessity. No. Okay. All right. I love I love I loved isolating myself, just like Noda said when she would um I mean not saying that you loved it, you wanted to have friends and fucking go out all the time and shit. But um I mean I always had like one or two friends, you know, but I really liked being alone, listening to music and doing art in my I loved it. I loved just being alone. And uh, I think because I didn't have to perform for anyone. You know, because I'm the class clown. I'm the fucking, you know, the joke, joker, you know. And I could just relax and do nothing, you know. And so um, that I loved going to work. I loved being center of attention. I always excelled at all my jobs. I always got to be in control. I always got to delegate and tell people what to do. I loved it. Loved it. Um, but after um, being out in the public and stuff and at work and everything. And when I quit my job, I actually got depressed because I was alone again. And I kind of had to learn to be alone again, you know, and be a stay home mom now and not have the outside world, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That, and that outside world can give us some emotional nurturance. So then yes. when you don't have it and you're just like the battery being drained all the time, God, that's hard. Yes. And so, yeah, that was um, thankful. I mean, you know, I'm older and so I didn't have a computer. And then finally we got a computer and then I just, I, I missed the whole MySpace bullshit, but I was there for the beginning of Facebook. So I got on Facebook and ooh, that fed me so good. It fed me so good. Yeah. But was it I good got... stuff you were taking in? Oh, of course not. It's garbage. Mama's fucking but... hungry. <laughs> but, you know, I got attention. I finally got attention. So I got, you know, as many fucking friends that I wanted. I got to, you know, talk to strangers all the goddamn time. It was great. It was wonderful. But I started to neglect the family now. So I didn't Mm. know how to balance. I did not know how to balance. I was like, I'm getting all this attention. I was neglecting my husband. Um, You know, now that he's home, uh, I was always on the computer. Making money out of destroying families. 
Yes. <laughs> That's a even, heartwarming capitalist tale. Yeah, even even my mother-in-law, she gave me she gave me a newspaper clip saying Facebook ruins lives. And I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh, fuck off." But she's right. <laughs> she's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But then, I mean, it's so hard to maintain that um, romantic relationship within a family. It's really, really hard. And then you just get into habits where you sort of get into your own little world and you just don't know how to connect again because it's yeah. so difficult. Yes. And my my I I started near the end of my marriage, I don't know, we're even halfway through. I mean, I didn't even want to go out with him on dates. You know? Mm. It's like mm. before when the kids were little, it's like we could never go out. We used to go out all the time, even if we had the kids with us or whatever, it was fun and everything. And then you know, as they got older and then him and I would go out, I hated it. And what I really liked is having the buffer of children there because then I didn't have to connect with him because I couldn't emotionally connect with him ever. Mm. I never did. I never emotionally connected to any of my husbands ever. So is that even yes. before the kids came along? Yeah. Oh. Yes. With with my very first high school boyfriend, um, we would write we we were moved away from each other for like three months and I would write all this romantic, wonderful poetry and fucking I miss you in my heart and, and all this other <laughs> shit, right? So it was very romantic and deep and everything like that. And of course that fades away after the honeymoon stage is over. And, um, you know, you just get back into regular life. I'm chronically bored all the fucking time. And then I'm blaming my partner for my boredom or whatever, you know. And, um, but, you know, after having the first boyfriend and having that connection, the first sex, you know, all that stuff. And after that fades away, um, never have I ever uh, emotionally connected with anyone except for my trauma bonded borderline you know mm. is that was... trauma bond really a connection leave your comments <laughs> no. in the post below uh, no. never mind she just fucking so, answered it <laughs> what about no, that fake. made you emotionally connect though to the I'm borderline curious. yeah oh well goddamn borderlines make you feel like you're the air they breathe man and you're just like, oh, my God, I'm this person's life force, you know? And then they just hang on to every word you say. And then you just want to make them feel so good, you know? I wanted to make him feel fucking great for being great to me. So it's putting mm -hmm. them on a pedestal because they're putting me on a pedestal. But when, oh. they, but when they rip you off that pedestal, then that, you know, you end up having this war of destruction, and then you put each other back on a pedestal and it just goes up and down and up and down and up and down until there's nothing left. No comment. You know? mm. <laughs> <laughs> but are you saying that that intensity of his positive affection for you made you then emotionally connect with him so it, it actually stirred up feelings? This is how it felt because... He was so much like my borderline mother 
in uh-huh. destructive zone. So when he was really good to me, I was like, I'm finally getting validation from when I didn't get as a child. Uh-huh. But he would take it away. And then I kept trying to get it back. And he was doing uh-huh. that to me too. You know, he had his own childhood trauma. So he was yeah. trying to get that validation from me. But, you know, I would punish him if he would be massively destructive and then he would you know threaten me blackmail all this fucking crazy shit but um i was just like oh he loves me he's threatening me (laughs) 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 because no attention is worse than negative attention i rather have good attention I'd rather have good attention, but if I'm not getting good, I'd rather have you um, rip me apart because at least you're focusing on me, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we, and then we, and then we can fight, you know. And, and mm-hmm. so it's it, that's even romantic, just fucking ripping each other apart. Believe me, I know that it's unhealthy. I already understand about the trauma bonds and trying to get your needs met through your parent, through this person. So um, I actually believe that I can that that's the only time when i felt um it wasn't real but a love connection and since i don't know what real love is um i feel i i'm at a loss of still not being able to connect on that level of uh healthy love with a partner so i want to jump in here with maybe two things one to the last thing you just said but the first one was just, uh, yeah, you're really putting together here, like you mentioned the mommy issues in our last cast and really like this borderline flavor, your mom being borderline, just like yeah. really just hit your patterns and your triggers just heavily activated that for you. And just, yeah, like I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think Nota does too. It's just when that shit just grips you by the balls or the ovaries, it just does not let go and you are in for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other thing I think about with healthy love though, or really connecting is the biggest thing is just the deep understanding and respect and able to sit in that place of appreciation for this person and them being in your life. And there's less delusionality. There's less of your childhood needs being satisfied. Like it's, it's a lot calmer and it's a lot more reality-based for genuine connecting and genuine love that sets yeah, it apart but from the other shit. I live in fantasy land, brother. And <laughs> when, <laughs> send the detectives when, home, we found the problem. And when, <laughs> and when you bring reality into my make, world of make-believe, um, that's gonna piss me off. And um, like you said, healthy love is kind of a nice and normal. Well, normal's not in my vocabulary. And if it is, normal equates to boring. Yeah, boring. I'm with yeah. you there. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm questioning that you think that it wasn't real love because I think it is. It's just that um, when we grow up with ways of not being able to channel love into healthy expressions and we've got some ideas that are destructive um it doesn't 
always get expressed or come out in ways that are beneficial. But I, I believe, yeah, the love is absolutely genuine. And when somebody is destructive to you, it's not because the love isn't real. It's those learned patterns of defending yourself and lashing out and all that shit that sort of um, – it, it's not the love that's the problem. It's the the dysfunctional other shit. Yes. But the love is real. I, I totally believe the love is real. Yeah, it sounds like you're trying to say there's less black and white thinking here. It's like even in these situations <laughs> where there's like a lot of fucked up shit, there is still a kernel of truth that there is still something there, maybe. That's interesting. Yeah, and uh, so definitely <laughs> do you well, – well, I just feel, you know, I've loved um, – people with narcissism and for, for sure I do and I know now time has passed and you know I've done therapy and lots of stuff and and yeah it's definitely love and maybe in the past I wouldn't have been able to show it very well and I would have been locked into acting out my own stuff but the love is always there it's well, just I, the way it's expressed I think that Okay, well, from your perspective, then he had love for me. But if he did not treat me right, I would rip that shit away. So mm -hmm. I don't think that my love was authentic. I think it was just a fantasy of getting my needs met because um, you would be punished if I did not. Okay. So, so, okay, that, so that is a fascinating uh, line of thought, but I think that's getting a bit beyond the remit of the topic. Sorry. Is, oh, no worries. It's fascinating. But, you know, <laughs> the people came here for motherhood, god dang it. Okay, and I'm sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, this we can uh, do another episode kind of coming back to this, but I think we were just branching off from um, take care of your lady or, you know, other per gendered partner when they're taking care of kids, their emotional needs, because that's how you prevent us borderlines from coming in and scooping up your gal or guy. So <laughs> that was a great segue to get into it. Did well, one, go ahead. I, I was thinking of um, like some toxic stuff that I would do with my kids. If we can talk about that for a second. Please yeah. do. That is what I'm here for. Toxicity to choke. Sorry. Gonna... <laughs> so like um, if I didn't get respect from my children, uh, they would be in trouble. So like um, one time my son was in college, the golden child, and he was on the phone with me. He was very irritated about standing in line, whatever, and he hung up on me. And I went into his room. Yeah. I went into his room and I took away his um, gaming system. And he was a big gamer. Yep. And I took it away and he moved out for a week because I did that. And it wasn't it wasn't my I didn't buy it for him. It was his. Okay, we got and some so, power moves going back and forth in this yeah, one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, but we made up, and I learned my boundary, you know, because that was that triggered me. So I went overboard. Another overboard thing that I did was when my daughter did was disrespecting me, and it triggered the shit out of me. I went with garbage bags, and I scooped up all her toys, 
and I fucking was throwing, breaking her toys and shit. And I was just raging out. And um, that's not my normal. And that is something um, that, you know, ring the shame bell, man. That, okay. that fucking was that's bad. Sarah, but that's her. I don't want to be my mom. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> like some of the other parts, you know, I'll consider, but that one, nah. Okay. What yeah. triggered you in that situation? It was, it was just disrespect. Like I told her to do something and she wasn't going to do it. And she was fighting against me. And so, um, that triggered that I learned, I learned better things as she got older. Like I said, I was reading books on how to f not be such a toxic shit. And, uh, so like I would give her like, uh, if you don't make it by the door by seven 30 to go to school, three times you have to clean both bathrooms not just your own you know you have to clean mine too and and she would you know um not make it to the door and you know take her uh punishment or whatever which was just cleaning you know so i what I, I got more normalcy in my discipline you know instead of um raging out you know mm -hmm. um Another thing that I did that's hella, hella fucking shameful, but my husband was all for it, was um, when we would go somewhere, my daughter would get, I, I didn't know it at the time, but she would get scared when she would be in her car seat. She was a toddler. And I had a water squirt bottle and I would squirt her in the face when she would start <laughs> to scream. <laughs> no, it's, oh. it's, it's so fucked oh, up. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. It's I, mm. I, I made I made a video on this, so this isn't a new exposure, but um you know, I'm a piece of shit for doing that because she didn't like the dark, you know? And mm. uh right. yeah, so I compounded her fear that you're going to be punished for showing any fear as well mm -hmm. oh. yeah so now like when i would get angry with her and you know bitch at her for something that she did when she was a teenager i could see this light switch go off in her face and her face just went to resting bitch face like fuck you bitch and i was just like huh you're like me <laughs> you well, know yeah. but yeah so now that that you know i can see all of my past behaviors, what, you know, turned my children into, you know, who they are, um, you know, with their own emotions, their own defenses, and um, how I kept the cycle going, even though I wanted to be different than how I was raised, I still fucked up in different ways, you see? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's so hard because you, it's like um, you think, oh, well, I'm going to be different, but that's just some random, abstract, very faint kind of concept in your head. It's not actually in right. your heart and right. in yourself and, and, and knowledge and reality and flesh and blood. It's just some idea and you don't actually have anything else but what you went through. So it's yeah. so hard to be different. Yeah. I mean, how can you be? How can you be when it's not inside you? Yes. And because I'm always thinking logically, I don't think with, you know, 
heart or nothing. My feelings are always negative, you know? So mm. everything is like, um, say it's like a scientist, a mad scientist, and you're doing all these experiments, but you're not learning from the past to make things better. You're just like, oh, well that fucked up. Let's try something new, you know? <laughs> and then you just keep making a mess over and over again and you never get, you know, to the to the result that you were actually looking for you and know, then the whole because yeah you don't have it inside you so you're just like playing around with what you had from your past so yeah it's really really hard well you know the thing that i find interesting here is that i think some other kind of antisocial narcissistic people you've said this before some other people i've heard say this in different areas where when you're trying to venture out from what you've seen, you're trying to learn something new, what people haven't shown you, but you don't have the skills for dealing with new situations of who do I learn from? How do I communicate with people? Like, how do I be vulnerable and let things impress upon me? Instead, you're like a little scientist. You're like trying to work people like little robots trying to like press the buttons and like take off this back panel and fuck around with the wiring. You're just like, what does this shit do? And you just like pull it out and you just like, jam some peanut butter in there and you're just like doing all this shit to try and make it work yeah and child child psychologists do this shit too because when my in-laws they told me that they went to a class to learn how to raise their children and it was with an iron fist back then mm, in the yeah. you know, early 70s and then um my cousin with her daughter um, she read this book, it was called like the baby whisper or some bullshit. And they said, stop, don't give your kid fucking a bunch of affection. Can you believe that shit? <laughs> what? Yes. And so, you know, so she refrained from picking up her baby when the baby would cry and stuff. Was that book sold by uh, a little known outlet that I've heard of sociopaths are us. I've heard they're yeah, constantly totally. trying to <laughs> expand their reach. So. Yeah, and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening yeah. here? Because I, I always, um, I think people say this too about cluster bees. You know, when you're babies, you know, you can't say no, right? So you can't defy us. And then when they grow up and be toddlers, that's when we start having problems with the kid because you know, you're not a baby. You're not a cute little doll no more. You're just this oh. defiant entity. Okay. And that's what I'm hearing there because I would say my, um, yeah, my infancy and my mum's was different because my mum has said, yeah, when she was born, there was, you know, a book and her mum was very young. So she sort of consulted the expert and it was like, oh, babies need to respect routine so you don't pick them up you you they have a routine and you just leave them there until it's time for them to be fed or whatever 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 so i think she really missed out on that affection uh -huh. um and then she wasn't able to give it to me and they do say that i think borderline develops earlier than narcissism it's like a, at an earlier stage of of that developmental line and it it's that um not having enough of that reassurance and holding and sort of nurturing in that way 
And then now you're talking about the toddler years, yeah, when um, the kid starts to really emotionally and psychologically separate from the parent and is no longer controllable. And that's, yeah, that's that issue of, oh, my kid, are they me? You know, are they just an extension of myself, which is mm-hmm. um, th- that background idea of narcissism. Um, yes. The parent will use the child as an extension of themselves because they haven't fully separated. Yeah. So, I yeah. That. I, okay, yeah, that's really interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, and and my sister was born, uh, we're three years apart, mm-hmm. and so I'm the toddler Okay, I'm the destructive little, no, no, you know, kid. Mm-hmm. And then she has the baby again. So I became, you know, dismissed. And she had her cute little doll again. Oh. And, um, and one thing that I learned, uh, she would let my sister cry in the crib. And I'm in the same room. And so I would fake empathy and cry mm-hmm. and just pretend. I would pretend cry. And that would calm my sister down. So I learned to be fake when I was like four four years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I would get a result being only four years old if I'm fake. How would that crying calm your sister? I have no idea. Yeah, because I'm like. Well, I'm empathizing with her, right? So I'm crying too. And then that's making you feel safe. Because I understand your feelings, baby. And I'm mm-hmm. crying too. And I would just cry nice and soft or whatever. And my whole thought wasn't, um, I care about this baby. It was shut the fuck up. That that was yeah. my thought. It's like, shut can you fucking fuck, let baby, me sleep? Let me go to yeah. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, so um, your, being- your experience was that... Y- the baby was connecting with you when you were doing something that was actually very hostile towards the baby. Well, and yet I, that got a positive result. Well, I, I didn't think I was being hostile. I just thought I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm faking this emotion and I'm getting the result of her quieting down. And being, mm. being that, I think it, you know, it became um, subconscious. Because yeah. I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was well, just yeah. like, it yeah. just happened. I just did the thing. And so, then I got the result that I wanted. So interestingly, you can see almost something that with toxic people where they try to force other people to act out difficult emotions for them so that they don't have to do it themselves in a way. I, I'm okay. So I'm not a very fluent in kind of infant child <laughs> psychology. So I'll say that right off the dome. But in a way, it's sort of like you acting out the feelings or kind of carrying them for the baby is sort of like maybe like I don't have to express it or like they see what they're feeling being shown back to them. And so that's that validation. Like, you know, what if she's like afraid or something like that? Aside from like, you know, say like a physical need, like being hungry or something. And so just, yeah, like you're validating her world or kind of showing to her what her feelings are. And that is something that could be comforting or something that she can identify with maybe Mm. that sounds nice i just didn't keep doing it when i got (laughs) i i I became i became very resentful um because my mom i had to basically be pseudo mom 
for her when my mom, you know, my parents got divorced and everything. And then I had to take care of some of her needs. Um, and I resented my sister and my mother. So here I am raising my sister. I'm just three years apart and I'm doing a terrible job because I fucking hate doing it. And so I'm being very abusive to my sister too. So not only did I get the mom and dad bullshit, but she got the mom and dad and me You know what's Mm. kind of fascinating about that is we talked in the last episode with you too, Sarah, about the resentment at masking. And then it's just like here you're kind of describing like masking up for this kid to get the reaction that you want out of her and then resenting that you have to do this masking to get the fucking thing done, to get her to do what is necessary. So it's kind of like, wow, that uh, goes early, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, and projection because I'm angry. I am so fucking angry and resentful at my mother. My mother's treating me like shit. So I'm projecting that onto my sister and treating uh, her the way my mom treats me. And mm, yeah, so. Coming home from work and kicking the dog. Yes. Mm. And then when my and mom would come home, it would just be like, who the fuck am I getting today? So I got mm. that going on for me, you know? And what I'm thinking is probably, you know, four-year-olds do start to learn to relate to others by copying them and stuff. So that could have really developed into a good bond over the years if it was handled uh, really well, that, that initial copying and crying and stuff. But, of course, it didn't go that way. And then I'm also hearing you blaming yourself because you're a kid forced to look after a smaller kid. Um, And that's, you just can't fucking do that. So Uh -uh. it was just not going to be any way but the way it turned out because, you know, kids are like a a jug and this negativity is being poured into you. Well, what are you going to be able to pour out? Nothing but what's inside you. So, and then what, you're getting blamed for that? Is that fair? I don't think so. Yeah, it's. Mm, it it's was, uh, sounds you, painful. You know, you're, this is a little beyond the remit of the episode, but I'll just throw this in here is that maybe a part of empathy in societies and bringing more awareness to disorders is kind of like you're saying, like you blame people for being unable to do the different thing and what does it look like where you sort of have an assumption that for some people like yeah they're going to do ratchet fucked up shit but you're like you're not punishing or blaming them for it because it's like well how in the fuck were they supposed to do anything else like what does it look like to really make room for people to have what's inside of them come out and kind of like what we're doing here just like discussing it kind of opening open space for it thinking about what's different trying to inform others Anywho, I'm not articulating very well because I got to think about it, but. Well, I would even be um, envious of other families, you know, where they had, where my friends had better bonds or Mm -hmm. even, even out in the world when I see happy families or happy couples, I am very envious of that because I don't know how to have that. I never had that. And that makes me really angry, you see? So, um, and resentful and, um, you know, when I was uh, acting out and being really fucking hateful and shit, you know, I spent a couple years being a predator online and 
trying to break up marriages and shit because I was like, this isn't real. You don't fucking oh. love your wife. And guess what? A lot of men fucking segued away from wifey. And I was, mm -hmm. and so then I proved to myself that relationships are a lie. So there's that too. Now, now I'm what? trying to uh, warn everybody, don't fall for it. Don't fall for the predator. <laughs> <laughs> build, build your relationship, fix it. You know, don't let some fucking bitch come in and take your man. Also be just coming out of nowhere. Mr. President, get down. <laughs> <laughs> And you're saying you were out there destroying things that you were envious of. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. And now mm. I'm just like, please, please don't just fix your relationship or try and don't, you know, like my callers and stuff, they're calling me, you know, a lot of married people are calling me about being trauma bonded to some outside source and i'm like no no don't do it no <laughs> you know it's like fuck, please because mm. um it's it's got nothing to do with you or a real connection it's not so oh god don't well, do I mean, it i was really thinking like even as you're saying that is like even with that envious targeting and destroying people it's not about them and it's not even about uh -uh. like hurting them per se it's about you trying to make yourself feel better by proving that if I'm incapable of this, like it's not my fault, it's that it's truly impossible or it's truly yes. difficult. And it's yes. the only way for you to compensate or to kind of be okay. Cause otherwise the other side of that is I'm the one, one of the few who's uniquely fucked who really doesn't get it. And I'm always shut off from it. And just the weight of grief and pain of trying to think that thought you know, you have to do something to push it away. Yes. Mm. And and this was when in my man-hating stage. So after all that shit, I was like, maybe I shouldn't hurt these boys, <laughs> you know? Or, mm. um, you know, have a little, you know, just leave them alone and deal with sitting your own garbage, you know, or heal from it or whatever. And then well, I would yeah. go, I would go on a, a self self help journeys and stuff, and that that was helpful for a long time too. So okay. we've gotten you know pretty decent amount of conversation here, but I'll transition that talk of envy to maybe just one last thing. I know somebody asked this a while ago in one of the parenting threads on one of the other episodes we did. And I guess that would be for either of you, if you have anything, but about like envy towards your own kids and maybe some of their talents or possibilities that they had. I mean, you kind of already spoke to that a little bit, Nota, with the baby coming and having to give the baby what you couldn't or that it's not coming to you. I mean, that kind of falls in that direction. But yeah, I mean, anything you two want to speak to that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Hills, yeah. My my children were an extension of myself. So um, if they were doing well, that's a good reflection on me. So I didn't envy them. I was like, my boy gets straight A's. My boy's a computer coding genius. My daughter is a prodigy with um, her fiddle and she can pick up any instrument and play. Mikey is, yes, he's autistic, but he can fucking remember everything and he whatever. So I was getting um, also self-esteem attention through my kids. 
Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I'm thinking yeah. supply right now of just the positive supply of anything that they do well. You're just like, yeah, fuck right, fucking right. I made that shit. Like you know, this is me. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, you're, you're kind of not making space for the vulnerabilities to come out. Yeah, that's that's um, part of when I was saying that um, my kid can do no wrong if they got married. It's like I don't give a fuck about your feelings everything that is justified by my kids. See, so it wasn't, um, I was never trying to tear them down, um, nothing. And I was actually like, I was envious in a way that they were go-getters because I'm not, oh. but yep. I wasn't, but I wasn't, um, and because of my own anxiety, I might stop them from doing certain activities, but it wasn't because I was, um, I wanted to stop them from becoming, you know, great but like I said, I never wanted them to leave me. So it wasn't that um, I wanted to consciously ruin their lives or anything. I know that's getting into something else, but go ahead. Your turn. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, yep, I would say I've had envy of um, them receiving love from me or receiving love so that's yeah there's been definitely envy there about um yeah about them having that yeah or, or being triggered by that that need or that capacity or that want or that space in them to have you know to ask for love to ask for affection to ask for attention um that's just a whole triggering area for me basically yeah yeah, well, that's a, uh, a good one to have out there. And I guess whoever that person is, if you're still on the forums, a uh, question asked, question answered. You know, we like to do that here on our pod. Promises made, promises kept. All right, gals. So that was a lot of fun and just a lot of stuff that we went through. I think that's a really meaty parenting episode. And I think we kind of got into a good rapport of everybody towards the end of kind of everybody playing off each other and just seeing what came out. So I think this is a success for the first group pod. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yay. Yeah, and it was great to meet you and chat to you. Yes, you too. Yeah, so this was a fuck ton of fun. And I guess we will sign off there and we will do more of these, maybe on different topics. Maybe we got more things to say here. Thank you for everybody for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. See ya. All right, there we go. We can cool. bag it and tag it and ship it. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Oh, good. Oh, was it? Oh, good. Oh, I, how, how long did that go? We are at two hours. And, you know, we got, we got some cutting to do, obviously. But, yeah, I think that, I mean, you know, kind of at first, like, you know, everybody's kind of like saying their own thing and separated. But then kind of like everybody started blending towards the end. Like everybody's talking and everybody's going off of each other's points. And I think you two came out with some really good stuff. And, you know, as always, like, Sarah, I'm just always astounded and incredible of like you know you have these painful things that you've done and you're looking back on it and you have this awareness and you're just putting it out there and just i think you know at this point how fucking difficult it is for people to do and you're just doing it so consistently fucking amazing dude thank you mm. <laughs> i'm trying i'm i'm raw dogging it i'm just winging it <laughs> yeah. uh, I find it very impressive and, you know, I enjoyed your videos from the beginning, just exactly for that fact. So, you know, fucking kudos. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Anywho, Noda, anything you want to say to kind of wrap up and then, you know, we can call this meeting adjourned? Oh, oh, she she bail on us early? We can't hear you if you're saying anything, Noda, or Nicola. Come back, Mommy. I know I see your uh, light on, but... Oh, I don't. I mean, the blue, the blue. Oh, and she's gone. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> yeah, basically, my people need me. But yeah, no. Okay. It was, it was great having you, Sarah. Oh, and she's back. But. Knit. <laughs> Woo. Technology. Have... Come, come back and say goodbye. <laughs> That's what we're <laughs> waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hello. Hey. He did it again. He yeah. just dropped out. Yeah, weird. Oh, mm. you, you sound a bit tinny this time around too. So apparently we got out while the getting was good. <laughs> All right, then. I'm going to go and have another fucking coffee. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then this is, this is the really sad thing is my mother-in-law is coming with my sister-in-law's three kids for a sleepover. Oh, and they're yeah. fucking... They are loud and intense and energetic and, oh, my God. Yeah, completely unlike the two people you've just been talking to. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Oh, no, it's going to be madness. I was pretty silly to go out last night. All right. Well, I'm going to need a lot luck. of coffee. Uh, well, good luck. Time to suffer the yeah. consequences of Nikolov yesterday. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, then. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> okay. See you. Later, see ya. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.